Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Saturday, July 10th. It's Ashley Barty's world, and we're just living in it. The WTA Tour number one singles player in the world, earning the second Grand Slam singles title of her career as she knocks off Karolina Pliskova in a fantastic three-set Wimbledon final. On today's podcast, I want to break down that final, talk about how Barty was able to capture major number two. I also want to talk about Barty's success over the first seven months of this 2021 season in the context of some of the other successful runs we've seen in WTA Tour history because for the past three, four, you could argue even five seasons, yes, in 2018-2019 we still had Serena Williams lingering, but For so long, all of us tennis fans have been wondering who is going to emerge as that new dominant force in the women's game. Certainly, Simona Halep, 2018-2019, she had a cup of coffee with that status. But, you know, week in, week out, who is the player that everyone else is chasing? The player that sets the standard for excellence of what we should expect from the number one player in women's tennis. And I think if you look at Ashley Barty's success through July here in 2021 and you compare that success to, again, some of the greats in tennis history, you start to see the outlines of that dominant force in Ashley Barty's results. But again, On today's podcast, I'll get into that. I'll break down the women's final, how Barty was able to earn that title. Of course, before we can get into any of that, I have to remind all of you listeners that the reason we were able to do this day in, day out throughout the 2021 Wimbledon, the reason we are able to cover all of the happenings in the tennis world on this mini break podcast is because of the support we get from all of you listeners, from our Crack Rackets Patreon family, and of course, from our friends at Tennis Point. You all know the deal. It's the best equipment at the best prices, the kindest staff in the world as well who can answer any questions you may have about what sort of equipment you should be using to maximize your performance on the tennis court. You go to tennis-point.com. You use our promo code CR15. You'll also get 15% off your order, free two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75, and best of all, a free can of Wilson Extra Duty Tennis Balls. Now, again, you're going to go to tennis-point.com, the symbol, not the spelling, tennis-point.com. Use that promo code CR15 to let them know we sent you there. We are so grateful for the support we get from our friends at Tennis Point. The least we can do, ask you to support them as well, tennis-point.com, the promo code is CR15. One other quick note before we get into today's show. Normally, over the course of these Wimbledons, we've both recapped the previous day, previewed the next day on these mini break podcasts. That is not the case here today. There's only one match that we're previewing on uh, tomorrow's schedule. That is the gentleman singles final between Novak Djokovic and Matteo Berrettini. Of course, that match going to tie into our GSP Ace of the Day segments. Been given picks all tournament long on the Great Shot podcast feed. We're 27-20-2, up 11.18 units heading into the final day. I have some thoughts on the men's final, the stats uh, behind the match, the tactics. I think we're going to see unfold and ultimately the keys to the match. So if you want to hear that preview, hop on over to the Great Shot podcast feed. And again, if you've missed any day of this 2021 Wimbledon, you can find it all covered on our website, crackrackets.com. But of course, on this show, it's time to talk about Ashley Barty. 
25 years old, world number one, now a two-time Grand Slam champion as she knocks off Carolina Pliskova 6-3, 6-7, 6-3 in Saturday's final. She won the first 14 points of the match. That's always a good place to start. Tennis Abstract doesn't have this number, doesn't have the advanced metrics, but I'm going to go ahead and say that any player who won the first 14 points of a match has never gone on to lose the match. And you can test me, any of our listeners, at Great Shot Pod. If you're able to find an instance where it did happen, please let me know. But Barty came out swinging. And in particular, first serves, first forehands, locked in physically. You look at that first service game, believe she hit an ace, couple of first forehand winners, and of course, when you're feeling your way into the match, you want to give yourself margin. She did on a couple of first forehands. It wasn't just ripped first ball. It was first forehand down the line, second forehand cross court. And early on, Pliskova was playing far too frequently to that Barty forehand, and Barty was in the zone with hitting that ball so well. And then... Look, Pliskova did come out a little bit shaky. You talk for Karolina Pliskova uh, in her first service game. She's broken right away. And it's a credit to Ashley Barty. And again, this is where the locked in physically. She hits two really, really nice passing shots in this game. The first of which off of a plus one, a tentative cross court plus one forehand from Karolina Pliskova. Barty hits a beautiful on the run forehand lob that lands just on the baseline for Love 30. Then on the Love 40 point, Barty backhand swinging through down the line winner. It epitomizes the improvement she's made on that wing. She breaks that Love for two Love and I believe Pliskova threw a double fault in that first game as well. And, you know, again, it was three love. It was honestly four love, Barty, because Pliskova gets broken in her second game as well, a service game, before you knew it. But then Pliskova, you you could see her sort of wake up. And, you know, in that four love Barty service game, Pliskova ends up breaking. And in particular, the love 30 points, she hits this forehand winner down the line. And I believe in the moment it was either Chrissy Everett or... Uh, I, I think it was Chrissy Everett on the call who said, oh, I think that's, I think we're seeing Pliskova wake up here. And she was absolutely right. She just started hitting a little bit more freely. And she was broken right back immediately, 4-5-1. But then she breaks Barty a second time, 4-5-2. She gets her first hold on the board, 4-5-3. Now, Barty, big first serves, big forehands. That was the key to the match for her. And, you know, despite all of the power and despite the size advantage Carolina Pliskova has from a length perspective, Ashley Barty serving forehand, as I discussed in the preview, were the two biggest weapons in the match. And you look for Barty from a statistics standpoint, when she was landing her first serve, she had a ton of success. 61% of those first serves go in. She wins 67% of those points, fights off six of the eight break points she faced in uh, in the match. Those two breaks coming again. Uh, or excuse me, uh, fights off only one of the five break points she faces. But, uh, you know, again, uh, hits 30 winners. There it is against 29 on four serves. Leave all that in, Westoff. That was not my best statistic work. I apologize to all of you listeners. But the point being, I, I w- because Barty got her, ra- uh, Barty, Pliskova got her racket on a bunch of first forehands or forehand cross-court uh, unreturnable shots that Barty hit. I wish it had forced error count on the stat total. It doesn't. Barty forced so many errors with that serve, with that forehand big serve out wide to, uh, and, you know, big serve out wide on the end, and then she'd mix in the big serve down the tee. She could hit all of the spots on the do side, although she started avoiding that Pliskova forehand on the do side return because Pliskova was connecting with it so well. But, you know, again, 
clean first set of tennis for Ashley Barty. She takes the first set 6-3. Then she breaks first in that second set. 2-1 Pliskova plays a bad service game. She throws in a double fault. She throws in a couple of unforced errors. Barty hits a one big, you know, one big forehand in the rally to ultimately draw, uh, uh, to ultimately earn the point, and that's her break. And now it's 3-1 Barty all of a sudden. And, you know, again, you felt like that was the moment, perhaps, where the wheels could come off for Karolina Pliskova, but they did it. And it's a credit to Karolina Pliskova, who breaks serve right back. And you look for her in that game in particular. A, it starts out with a Barty double fault. And there were moments in the match, I believe she only made 56% of her first serves in the second set versus, as mentioned earlier, the 61% she made in total for the match. As those second serves started to roll in in the second set and that deficit started to build, Pliskova got more aggressive. That's a credit to her. She said, you know what? Because she played so tentative in the first set. In those first four games in particular, it just felt like she was responding to everything Barty was doing. She was just trying to put balls in the court. Hopefully, Barty would give her an error, give her an easy short ball to attack. But even when she got a short ball, she was hitting the approach tentatively. That was not the case in the second set. And you saw the first serve she started. You know, she makes 70% of her first serves for the match, but it felt like in the first set she was constantly hitting that first serve under 90 miles per hour, or under 100 miles per hour, even under 90 sometimes. And then, you know, she started getting that 110, 105, 115 range on the first serve in the second set start flipping the script and then again you know as I mentioned 3-2 love 30 Barty hits all right so was it 3-2 because Barty would have served second so yeah she must have broken for 2-1 excuse me yeah she broke for 2-1 in the second set now 3-1 I apologize that's again hey great shot leave it in west off but Barty breaks for 2-1 hold serve for 3-1 Pliskova holds for 2-3 and then again 2-3 love 30 she hits a return winner down the line again on that forehand win and it just sort of it gets her going and she's able to break at love and again there was a double fault from Barty in that game and Pliskova is able to connect on one of those forehand side deuce returns right at Barty's feet it's an easy plus one forehand error from from Barty or I should say an easy first error drawn from Pliskova because it was a tough ball for Barty to hit and she's able to get the break back on serve five all 40 love looks like we're headed towards a deciding tiebreaker in the second set and Pliskova blinks again. 40 love. She has Barty stretched in the outer third. Barty floats a slice. All Pliskova has to do is put a backhand volley into the court. Doesn't even have to hit it as a drop volley. Doesn't have to put any touch on it. All she has to do is make it. And she misses it in the net. And from there, good return from Barty at the feet of Pliskova. Draws an error, a backhand error from Pliskova. A double fault mixed in as well. All of a sudden, Ashley Barty broke 4-6-5. And you think there, oh man. That's how it's going to end. Pliskova mounts this comeback, and it's just too little, too late, and she blinks again, and now Barty's going to serve for it. But guess what? Ashley Barty blinked. She played a bad service game, and there was another double fault mixed into the service game, and there was another big forehand return on the deuce side from Pliskova that drew a first forehand error from Barty because the ball was hit at her feet, and just, you know, again, a couple of floating backhands, and Pliskova was able to come up with some big down-the-line shots and just put pressure on Barty, attack that backhand wing, and get low when Barty hits the slice as well and you know she starts to move forward also and continues to move forward and she gets the break back 4-6 all and all of a sudden momentum's on Pliskova's side entering the tiebreaker and she wins this rally at 3-2 in the breaker and she lets out a roar and if you've watched any of Karolina Pliskova over the course of her career despite being the number one player in the world having all this success everywhere ever she's done everything but win a slam title 
she's not someone who is very outward with her emotions, who lets out the big come on or, you know, uh, and you see the extremes every so often, but very, very rarely. But today she let out a big come on when she took that 3-2 lead in the breaker and the crowd wanted her to rally because they just wanted more tennis. And after she lost those first 14 points, might have quietly been a blessing because then the crowd was on her side until that third set when it kind of just evened out and they were rooting for good tennis. Uh, but Pliskvote lets out a roar and just kind of got to Barty. She kind of blinked. Pliskova starts playing more aggressive. And, of course, the defining moment, that 4-2 point where Pliskova ends in with a hot, you know, she gets, uh, Barty, she hits a net cord. Barty ends up, who was at the net at the time, ends up trying to hit a drop volley. Pliskova tracks it down, hits the lob over Barty's head. Barty able to get a backhand on it, but Pliskova puts the overhead away. 5-2, huge roar from the crowd. It was on at that point. And Pliskova able to get the, uh, you know, gives one mini break back at a 6-2 set point. Then Barty holds first, but ultimately 7-4. She's able to take that breaker. And it felt like it was an even match because Barty's first serve had abandoned her a bit. Pliskova had started to play, uh, started to gain more momentum. And as I mentioned, she was landing first serves with more pace now. And she made 70% of her first serves for the match, won 67% of those points. But again, when the serve wasn't landing, Barty's forehand reigned supreme, and there were just a couple of moments, that first service game of the first set, that second service game of the second set, that uh, sixth service game of the second set, and then the second service game of the third set, Pliskova, double fault, couple of backhand errors, just plays an unfocused game, and Barty's able to get the break. And she holds the rest of the way for that 6-3 third set. And you look for Ashley Barty, 5-3, 30-40. She faces a break point when she's serving for the match. And again, she threw in an early double fault in that game. You could see some nerves manifest itself for Barty in the clutch moments because she's talked openly about how this is her dream. Winning this Wimbledon was her career, but uh, was her goal for the season, one of her career goals. And, you know, again, 30-40, though. Pliskova yanks a backhand wide. It was a nervous backhand, and Pliskova hits a big return on that 30-40 point deep into the Barty backhand. Barty really does a good job. That's that physicality shining through again just to get her backhand on that racket, gets a slice deep that ends up dropping near the baseline. If that's not match point, or if that's not break point to get even in the match, excuse me, Pliskova probably takes that ball as a swinging volley, as a forehand, just to take time away from Barty, force her to hit something on the run, but she let the ball drop because she ho- was hoping that it was going to go long, and it didn't, and then Pliskova yanks a backhand wide, that was again just a rushed backhand, two big first serves from Ashley Barty, she's your 2021 Wimbledon champion, and you look for Ashley Barty now, the company she joins, again, she's won Wimbledon, she's won the French Open, I think there's like eight women in history who have won both of those duos, and you look for her now, uh, that that number may be off, I apologize, that's going to be off at Great Shop, I'll leave it in West off, but you know, it's rare company when you can win the natural surface duo, and right now, she's done it, Garbine Muguruza's done it, uh, Simona Halep's done it, Serena Williams has done it, I believe Venus has done it as well. Well, I believe those are your active players to have done it. You look for uh, Ashley Barty, though, 35-6 and six in her last 52. That's an 85% 
win percentage. You look in terms of the results she's made now. She's won three titles in four finals. She's won, uh, excuse me, has she's, she's won four titles in five finals. She won Yarra Valley. She won Miami. She won Stuttgart. She won Wimbledon. She's lost in the final of Madrid. But again, four titles in five finals. She's also made a total of eight quarterfinals in 10 total events. So again, she's making the finals of 50% of her events. She's winning four out of those five finals. So 40% of her events. She's straight up showing up to and winning. She's won on hard courts. She's won on clay courts. She's won on grass courts. You look at her record against top 50, top 20, top 10. She's 16 and 5 against the top 50, 12 and 1 against the top 20, 6 and 1 against the top 10. She's made quarterfinals now at both the Australian Open and Wimbledon. She was favored to win Roland Garros before an injury knocked her out of the event. She's 149 and 41 since the start of the 2018 season. 78% win percentage. Percentage. You look for Barty multiple titles, multiple finals. In fact, you look for her over the course of time since the start of the 2018 season. She has made a total of, and I don't want to be incorrect here, so since the start of 2018, Ashley Barty has made a total of 15 finals. She's won 11 different titles. That's in a total, again, 15 finals, 11 titles uh, in 52 total events. She's winning 20% of the events she's uh, playing, and this is a player just turned 25 years old, clearly ascending into her prime. And she was robbed of a 2020 season, right? What do those numbers look like if, as she was the number one player in the world, she's going to be able to play that out next uh, last year? And you know what the eighth is? She's going to be the eighth woman with this title likely to have 100 weeks ranked at number one in the world. And, you know, again, how do these numbers compare to some of the primes of some of the other greats? You look at Venus Williams' five-year prime, and I think it was from like 98 to 02 probably. That was, and she's got had a couple of primes. Venus is an exception, but you look at her very best of the best. She would win 85.7% of her matches, so about 53-9. and nine. You look for Barty right now. She's 35-6. and six. She's winning 85% of her matches. She's certainly on pace to do something like that. She'd make about eight finals in 14 events. So she averaged finals in 56.9% of her events. She won titles in about 39% of her events. Again, for Ashley Barty right now, four titles in 10 events. That's a 40% number. Uh, she's made five finals in 10 events. That's a 50% number. Top 10 wins. She's got six. Uh, Venus averaged about 14 per year. But again, given all of the funkiness right now on the WTA Tour, it's not exactly comparable. Now, you look for Venus. Venus during her five-year prime, she won four major titles. Barty in her five-year prime, she's thus far won only two major titles, but she's only three years in. And so, again, it does feel like she's on pace to do that. She ended year-end number one already. Venus never did that. But, you know, again... Those The numbers for Venus, you know, she won a Miami title three times. She won multiple Masters. She won a gold medal. She was a Fed Cup champ. She was in the year-end top five every season in her five-year prime. Doesn't that sound like Ashley Barty is what she's on her way to do? And, you know, again, the next level would be like a Justine Ennin five-year prime. Ennin was 53-6. and six. She was winning 89% of her matches. She was winning, you know, uh, 52% of the uh, events she entered, uh, 67%. Uh, of the tournament she made, so two-thirds she was making finals. And Ashley Barty's not quite at that level yet, but she's in the Venus range. 
her prime is going to look very, very good. And people are wondering why do why have members of the media always discussed Ashley Barty in a tier of special players when she had only won one major coming into this season, and she was number one ranking a lot based on the protections because she didn't play in 2020. But this is why we see when she is on the court, all she's done over these last three years is deliver results. And again, since the start of the 2018 season, she's 149 and 41, 11 different titles you want to go since the start of the 2019 season, which was really when she ascended to that number one spot in the world. Ashley Barty will say this is the start of her five-year prime. She's 103 and 22. She's winning 82% of her matches. That's not quite Venus level yet. It's not quite NN level yet, but it's on the pathway towards the greats of the greats. And so again, in terms of your dominant forces, Ashley Barty's the one to chase right now because we've seen at her Grand Slams over these last two seasons, Australian Open, quarterfinals 2021, semifinals 2020, U.S. Open, round of 16 2019, I believe. She also made the round of 16 in 2018. She was a quarterfinalist Australian Open 2019 as well. Round of 16 Wimbledon 2019 before winning the event this season. Outside of a withdrawal due to injury at the 2021 French Open, she has made at least the fourth round at every slam since the 2018 U.S. Open. It's the epitome of consistency, and that consistency has turned into dominance as well. Two slam titles, multiple 1,000-level titles, multiple wins. You know, we're talking over the top 10 opponents. Since the start of 2019, I mentioned that 103-22 and record. Ashley Barty in total, she's 19-7 and against top 10 opponents. So again, through two years, and she's still got half a season to go, she's averaging about 10 wins against the top 10 per season. That is historically excellent. And it's time we start remembering that about Ashley Barty when we discuss her. It's time when we enter each Grand Slam event, she's immediately on the short list. Three players. You know, if it's a hardcore event, she's number 1B behind Naomi Osaka. Everywhere else, she's 1A. She's the player to beat. She's proven it. Her consistency, her variety. You know, she can beat you so many different ways. The big serve, the big forehand, her craft at the net, her slice backhand, the variety she plays with, her physicality, her ability to turn defense into offense, her ability to hit passing shots in the outer thirds of the court, the strength she has for someone her size. She can just do a little bit of everything. That's why it's so exciting to watch her play because there's no discerning weakness, right? Yeah, if you can serve like Sabalenka or serve like peak Pliskova into the Barty backhand, you're going to have opportunities to attack but you still have to capitalize on those opportunities because she's going to block that slice backhand return back into the court. She's going to do a million different things. Ashley Barty is an absolute stud. And this Wimbledon title, again, a feather in the cap of what has been the ascendance of a dominant force on the WTA Tour. She's the player to beat in someone, until someone comes out and beats her. And again, what's so fun about the WTA Tour right now is you do see the potential for a Sabalenka, a Sviantek, Obviously, in Osaka, uh, you have so many other players, the Pliskovas, the, the uh, 
the Kvitovas, the Kerbers, the Halops of the world, they, they're not going anywhere. You have players like Muguruza, Keys, Stevens, who are 26 to 28 years old, technically in the primes of their careers, and Brady's, Krejcikova's, Sakari's, Conteves of the world, all lingering as well. I should have thrown Vika in the first group. And then, of course, you've got all of the next geners. The Andre- I mentioned all of the Andrescu's and the Osaka's and the Kennens and the Goffs and the Anisimovas and the Kostyuk's and you know, you can go on and on and on and on about how much talent there is right now in the women's game. But at the top of that list is Ashley Barty. And when I have someone on to do our recaps of French Open Wimbledon, Australia, first two-thirds of this season, I'm going to ask them to give me the top 10 players right now in the women's game. We're going to do that as an exercise. I almost did it on this podcast, but it's just going to be more fun to do with someone here. Ashley Barty's number one on the list. Now, Osaka's ceiling on a high court on a hard court is higher. There's no denying that. But, well, maybe you even can deny it at this point. Um, there's no denying with that serve, again, the power tennis she can play, the consistency she's shown at the hard court events over the past couple of slams. She's the player to beat if she's healthy entering the U.S. Open. But Barty's 1B because across surfaces, at the slams, the biggest stages, the biggest pressure moments, she comes through in the clutch. She's got so many different ways to do it. She is your 2021 Wimbledon champion, ultimately, again, she knocks off Pliskova 6-3, 6-7, 6-3. You look for Karolina Pliskova. I mean, with this result, she's back into the top 10. It was a one-week absence for her, and this is the sort of resurgent, confidence-building result she needs Heading into what should be one of her best portions of the season, the summer hard courts, and she's back up to number seven in the world. And, you know, again, not that scheduling was ever going to be an issue for her, but now she's got confidence and physically she looks locked in. And just, again, the biggest thing she was missing was a big result like this. She's a danger to win every tournament she plays. And, you know, again, 29 years old. It's definitely the tail end of the prime. The numbers reflect as much. The eye test week in, week out reflect as much. But we saw in this tournament, if she's hot and the draw breaks right, she can beat anyone. She beats Sabalenka in three. She loses to Barty in three. And that was the best part. It's for her to lose the first 14 points of that match. It looks like she was going to get blown out. And given that she lost the Rome final 0-0 earlier this season, it was going to be, oh, another big match, big disappointment for Carolina Pliskova, the easy narrative. And now it can't be that because the way she fought back in both this match and the Sabalenka match, the level she showed, she still got it. That top gear is absolutely still there. She's closer to her prime than she is to retirement. And that just speaks to the level of Carolina Pliskova, who gets the results she needs. And now, again, dangerous player. I would want no part of her my quarter of the draw come the 2021 U.S. Open. But again, that will do it for your 2021 Wimbledon. Barty, your champion. Pliskova, your finalist. We've still had three different champions. I believe six different finalists. We've had 12 different semifinalists. It might even be 16 different quarterfinalists. Ah, excuse me, 16. No, it would be 24. It's not 24 different quarterfinalists. It's definitely 12 different semifinalists, though, uh, because Ashley Barty and Carolina Mukva. So Ashley Barty and Carolina Mukva, your only two players who have made multiple quarterfinals. The point being, leave all of it in Westoff. Parody's the name of the game. But through all of that parody, you see someone at the top to chase, and that is Ashley Barty right now. It feels fitting that she's number one, Osaka's number two, and then a list of dangerous players led by perhaps the most dangerous of them all, Arena Sabalenka at three. Finally, these rankings are starting to reflect what we're seeing with our eyes. Really, really fun time to be a fan of the WTA Tour. But again, 
That's your last match in the ladies' singles event. Gentlemen's singles final tomorrow. I preview that match, break down the stats, the keys to it, all of it on our Great Shot podcast feed. You can go listen to that now, of course. If you've missed anything from the 2021 Wimbledon, you can catch up on it all on our website, crackrackets.com. We'll have recaps for you as soon as the tournament comes to a conclusion. And of course, we've got a pregame show for all of you, 8.30 a.m. YouTube. We hope you join us. Certainly, it's going to be fun. Slice, slice, baby. Jamie McDonald. Donald going to be joining me. So we hope all of you enjoy that. But for now, with all that said, of course, the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, at Crack Dragons. You want to message me directly, I'm at Great Shop Pod. A shout out, as always, to our super producers, Max Fliegner and Daniel Westoff, for the f*** of an editing job they do day in, day out. A shout out, as well, to our friends at Tennis Point. Remember, tennis-point.com. The promo code is CR15. With that in mind, for super producers Fliegner and Westoff, for our friends at Tennis Point, and for all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. That's the break, and we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.